Welcome to the Wolverine Digest podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breiler. I'm just going to start by saying go blue. For me, like that, that rivalry is very personal, and I won't dive too deep into that. Um... But, Are you sure you don't want to dive deep into that? Uh, yeah, people, people could dive deep into that and go into the archives for that one. It will, it will eventually, eventually. But uh, that that was just one of those games where um, you definitely want to win it a lot more than the other ones. Of course, you want to win every game the way you want to win every game. But that one was super, super nice to win. And... Uh, for us, like the whole ten-year stretch of us not winning, that's that's all we know is beating Ohio State right now. So we're we're gonna keep that going, yeah. Oh boy, oh baby, they did not like that in Columbus. They did not like that in Columbus. They did not enjoy it. Um, but honestly, man, we talked about this throughout the day today as it started popping up in different. Ohio State publications and some different Michigan publications and some places in Detroit. Like it just kind of started popping up all over the place. When you watch him say it, I mean, he's clearly, he's not talking shit. He's just, you know, he says, sometimes you know, look mean, at, hey, you know what it is? It's the same thing that happened to you a lot, I feel like, with, with reporting on Jim Harbaugh. Like sometimes the truth just hurts, it stings a little bit, a little bit and it's not talking shit. And that's, he just said what he said was factual. And it's clear that, people in the state of Ohio and fans of the Buckeyes, it's clear that they're so used to winning that there's a very fragile mentality there. It didn't take much to really put them into the tank. And now it's like the, the slightest thing they feel, they feel attacked by. I think it's great for the rivalry. I love it. It is. It absolutely is great for the rivalry. And look, man, Michigan's one and zero against them over the last one game. And that's, you know, that's, that's kind of what you always hear about. It's like, what have you done for me lately? You know, what's the most the most recent outcome? And right now, Michigan's got some bragging rights. That's not to say that Ohio State hasn't been incredibly dominant over the last 10, 15, 20 years. That's fine. But what, what happened last year? What's going on right now? What's the most recent outcome? And, and it is what it is. And JJ, again, you could hear his tone. You can hear how he's talking. He's like, look, all we know is beating them. We're 1-0 against them. J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, Andrew Anthony, and the rest of that freshman class are 1-0 and against Ohio State. And that's the facts. And if people in Columbus want to squirt some tears about it, let them squirt. Because ain't, <laughs> there ain't nothing you can do about it. They're 1-0 and against them. That's all J.J. was saying. What I think is incredible, Chris, is something that was brought to our attention today. The quote from our interview, we're sitting down with these guys on a Friday night. Um, I'm sorry, on a Sunday night, Sunday, we sat yeah. down, we sat down with them on a Sunday and a week has gone by, right? A little, a little over a week. That quote has already made its way to the Woody Hayes athletic complex in Columbus. It is up on the screen. Ohio state linebacker Taraja Mitchell took a picture of it and posted it on his Instagram story. JJ took that same picture and said rent free with some sunglasses <laughs> on chilling getting ready for spring football and just loving the fact that they are one and oh against Ohio state. And look, man, going to Columbus and beating them on their turf is a completely different animal 
but this offense has a chance to be freaking special, man, and 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 has the potential to score a lot of points. It's a long ways away, but damn it, it's fun to talk about it in February. So that's what we're doing. I don't know what we we shot a few text messages back and forth. the The first thought you had when you saw that quote from our interview up on the wall inside the Columbus uh, inside Ohio State's football facilities, what were you thinking? My first thought. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like I didn't I didn't want to be, you know, because I, I I think even before the interview started, like I wanted to make sure that we weren't, you know, we wanted to ask good questions, but we weren't going out of our way to try to rock the boat, right? You want it's always a fine balance between you want there to be some substance there, but you don't want to put anybody in an uncomfortable position. And so yeah, when I saw that, I, I was surprised. But then at, at the end of the day, like I put it into perspective. And when you look at, you know, kind of what things were like, and I, you know, I don't want to bring it up, but like just how crappy the situation was with what happened with Juwan Howard or what's going on in the world in general. I just, I, I put that quote in context and I'm like, this is what makes college football fun. Like, this is why I love college football. It's why I devote a good portion of my life to it. And man, I, you know, my first thought was I was a little bit, uh, a little bit nervous about it, a little bit taken aback by it. But then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, man, this is good for college football. This is what it's all about. And, and I'm glad that JJ's proud of it. And, and look, we sat and talked with him for, you know, nearly an hour. And you can just tell that he, that guy, Andrew Anthony, Donovan Edwards, those guys are confident about what they're doing and confident about what's happening within the program. They know that they lost a lot. But it certainly doesn't feel like they they feel like there's going to be any sort of drop off. In fact, it feels like quite the opposite. And, and look, man, we, we don't know. We're a long ways away from things kicking off. But you kind of went back to that quote, and I'm sure we'll do something with it throughout the week. And it's been brought up once and it'll be brought up again. You know, J.J. said I'm, he said, I'm a firm believer and you're either getting worse or you're getting better. And I can promise you this team is not getting worse. That's that's a great quote. That's a great, confident quote from a confident kid. And same thing with this Ohio State deal. I mean, you said it to me earlier. I think we called each other up. We were kind of figuring out what time we wanted to go on tonight, how long we were going to talk about, what we were going to talk about. And you said, and we've you, you hear this referenced all the time. What do you want him to say? Yeah, they'll, they'll probably beat us next year, but it was fun while it lasts. I mean, come on, man. Of course he's going to say what he said. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep working hard to go 2-0 and against Ohio State. That That's what they're doing, man. I don't. There, there's nothing wrong with it. And this it wasn't even a controversial thing. statement. It, it was a statement of fact. And then, you know, he said that we're going to keep doing that. Like, of course, that's what they're there to do. But it, it, it goes back to the fact that they're just real soft down there in Columbus. They're not, they're not used to being in this position. They're not used to being the underdogs. And, and you know what really bothers me now that, you know, I'm going to go you know just a little, grinds, a, a, a little, a little mini rant here. It's like after Michigan got this win in 2021, there's this general sense within the, the fan base in Columbus that Michigan's just like, eh, they're done now. They're going to go back to like losing for the next two decades. Like, where did that come from? Like, I don't know. for some odd reason, they all of a sudden think that Michigan just has lost interest in, in beating their ass. And I think that 2021 was a good, you know, step in the right direction. But this idea that it's things are going to go back to normal and that it's going to be business as usual. We talked about this a little bit earlier. If Michigan goes down to Columbus this fall and beats Ryan Day and the Buckeyes in the horseshoe for the first time since 2000 and puts together back-to-back -to -back wins against the Buckeyes going back to Ann Arbor the following year, 
you're gonna have you're gonna have some chatter in Columbus about Ryan Day and what's going on with that program. They're not used to being in that position, and you can already see it after one loss and one innocent comment. Doesn't take much to throw them off. You know what, Adam? This is interesting because I've had this thought myself before. I don't know if I've ever said it anywhere. JJ McCar- JJ McCarthy has a little bit of that Joe Burrow that that calmness that just not too high, not too low. Just yep, this is what I do. This is what I'm here for. This is very how I matter work. of fact. Yeah, I mean, you know, he 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 uh, you know, he threw a couple smiles out there. He laughed a little bit here and there, but pretty much all of his answers were just kind of delivered because that's what he that's what you do. He just delivered exactly how he delivered. And there is a lot of confidence there with him and I I mean, we've talked about this, you know, at length about <laughs> He's technically not the starter yet. Like it would be like, I don't know. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to us. I think I can speak for you that like that is a debate, but it is, man. It's going to be a debate and we'll see what it looks like. But I wanted to throw this up real quick. We put it on our Instagram. Um, It just that's it, man. That's the line. All we know is beating Ohio State right now. So we're going to keep that going. I don't think. Well, here's the thing. Ohio State. Cody, I would say, and, and I don't think anybody's comparing at least yet JJ in terms of talent to Joe Burrow. I mean, there's certainly some similarities there, but just in terms of like his mentality and the way he carries himself and the way he answers questions, I think that's that's really what the, Cody, the reference is to. Relax. I didn't say that he's <laughs> through 60 touchdowns. I didn't say that he's more talented. I didn't say he's going to be the number one pick. I'm talking. Oh, about- oh sorry. Okay. I'm talking about Sorry, the we're speaks. Cody was referencing someone else. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, we want to make sure because you never know. If somebody takes that clip or that idea gets out there, somebody takes it and runs with it. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, Brandon Brown's already put that. But I, I, you know, it wasn't just, you know, JJ, obviously he's getting the most of the attention today because the quote with Ohio state is going to garner the most attention, but I, you know, with all three of those guys sitting there and talking with them, the level of maturity, the thought they put into the questions and just, I don't know. And and we said it before going into the interview, but I think now anybody who's had a chance to sit back and actually watch it, you walk away thinking like, man, Michigan is just, and I said this, I tweeted it out that Michigan is very fortunate to have guys like this as part of their football program. And you walk away feeling confident that the program's in good hands. They still have a tremendous amount of leadership in that locker room that, that saw what happened in 2021. They understand the blueprint. JJ even referenced watching Aiden Hutchinson specifically and how every move there was intention behind everything he did. And I think these guys learned a lot in 2021, and I think they're going to be better off this coming year for it. <laughs> to put a Dwayne, there was an OSU recruit who was talking shit that hadn't even enrolled yet and now is not there anymore. I, I just watched the video. Yeah. He asked the question, what did you think about the Michigan game? He basically said, it's not going to happen again. It's like, you ain't even on campus yet. He's not there anymore. He He's already gone. He went. Oh, he's already long. gone? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the kid's name escapes me, but that, that was one of the clowns fun- in Columbus. It's that a clown show funnier. down there. It's a clown show down there. South of the border. That was one of the funnier developments was that he said that I think enrolled as a freshman and now is already transferring out. So there you go. What about that $2 million quarterback that enrolled? Where's he at? The he's mullet at- guy. And he's going to be really freaking good. And he's going to be throwing seeds to Xavier worthy all day. So that'll be fun for us to, to observe from afar. But anyway, yeah, it was really cool. We talked about it, and I misspoke earlier, actually. We did the interview on Sunday, but we didn't drop it till Friday. So it took less than 48 hours for that quote to come to the public, 
and then make its way to the Woody Hayes Athletic Complex in Columbus. So it's funny that they're paying that close attention. And, you know, we're sitting here on February 28th and they're already digging up bulletin board material and there's media people and there's, um, you know, there's media people and there's fans just up and up in arms. Just can't believe it. Can't believe he would say something like that. Um, so yeah, that is, that is going to be really, really interesting to track over the next what are seven months? Just, just that. Well, I, they play nine months. I was going to say something tells me this isn't the last time we've probably heard this quote and this video clip and this piece of audio from JJ. Yeah, and there's more to come. Uh, maybe not Ohio State specific, but some other things. Uh, just that they said, and I'm looking forward to that, man. I know a lot of you guys that are in here watching have probably seen the interview, but we're going to kind of continue to go through there and chop that up and bring out the highlights of it and present it in a different way throughout the rest of the week and two weeks. However, I mean, there's, there's so much good stuff in there, Chris, that you were able to dig up and get out of those guys. I mean, we sat down with them for almost 40 minutes. Like it, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. We should have trademarked it. I know there's some, there were, there were multiple places today that took that quote and ran with it. Like it just came up and popped out of thin air. Like, uh, guys, come on, give us a little love, a little love doing some things over here. Well, and, and things over here. To, to CJ's point, that was the crazy part about it is there aren't, there weren't really many outtakes. Like I screwed up right at the very beginning. And then I think Donovan maybe had in it like a, a small part that we cut out, but for the most part, that entire hour, there was no outtakes. There were no screw ups. I mean, that was just the conversation and it's in its natural form. And I think that was what was beautiful about it is you don't usually, well, not usually you never get time like that with players like that. You, you, you get them up in front of the media and you're fighting in a scrum and you ask questions, but to be able to sit down with the, with the three of them for that long and ask those questions and just get their honest feedback I think that that was valuable, and I think that the fans appreciated it. I didn't even think about this until right now, Chris, till a, a YouTube user, Lewis Blake, brought this up. I don't Game know. Day. I thought about that too, yeah. Dude, if that clip runs on Big Noon Kickoff. Hey, if JJ's starting, if JJ's starting and they're going into this thing undefeated and it's a one versus two scenario, they're going to be digging up all this shit from the offseason, yeah. from the preseason. So, Ben, uh, what ended up stopping the workout from happening? So, basically, it was just. They didn't want to push it. You know, spring ball was starting the very next day. JJ said he's, you know, they're working out. JJ said, I'm rest, let my arm rest. The last thing we would have wanted was, you know, somebody to tweak an ankle or something. So we went in, we went in thinking that whatever they don't want to do, they're not going to do whatever they feel cool with. We're going to, we'll ask them, we'll, we'll do whatever they need to do. And, you know, you rolled a couple footballs out there for the little photo portion, and it didn't take long for them to start throwing it around a little bit. But in terms of actually, like, going through some things, they just were like, eh, not not really feeling it, and that was it. That's all well, I mean. And, and if you think about it, you know, you're on the eve of spring, bro spring ball. The last thing you want to do is blow out your knee running through a route, you know, for a photo shoot for some for dinks like us. So <laughs> I, I totally understand it. I totally respect it. But I will say, after the shoot, you know, when everybody after after the interview, when everybody was a little more loose, we picked up the footballs a little bit, and you know, JJ was slinging them to me, and he, he, you know, first the first couple, he was, you know, he wasn't trying to put anything on it, but he put a little mustard on the on a few of those, and I think his arm is working just fine. There was there was a bit of a concern that maybe something with the Georgia game, and he wanted to rest it up or whatever. He's just fine. 
yeah no so issue it, it was just a you know it was just a respecting what they're willing to do and not wanting to push them to do anything they did they had even uh, you know even a second or third thought about you know chris and i wanted to be very respectful of what they wanted to do and didn't want to do and just you know make it easy on them and so when they when they just dis- when they expressed some uh you know, some, some concern. We're like, all right, well, cool. Don't worry about it. We'll do the interview and that's it. And we'll get some good photos. And that's what we did. So Zach, Zach, I did catch some JJ seeds. I did. And these guys, they were, there was a bit of surprise. I, you know, they were surprised that I too used to play sports. I don't I think that just, they, do you want to, do you want to bring <laughs> up their reaction to, to that? I thought Donovan was going to, I thought Donovan was going to fall over. He was like, that guy, Chris was like, <laughs> Quite a ways away. He's like, yeah, hey, it's been a while since I played. And they were like, you played? And they were like, what position? And Chris was like, oh, wide receiver at DB. They were like, you played free wide safety, receiver? free safety. But yeah, that was that was what it was. That guy did? No, you? No. I'm like, look, I know we look like guards now, but like back in our day, bro, I, we, look, I don't even look like a guard. I look like, yeah. I look like, I, I don't know. I don't know, like the the weird equipment guy who's somehow on the roster, but he just kind of hangs around and he's kind of a slob, like, and he's at the end of the that's bench, a, like that's me. That's a great question, Chris. I'll let. I'm, I mean, I'm not too proud to to take a shot here. If, if you want to take one at me, do you think they were more surprised that I used to play or that you used to play? I don't know, man. I think they were quite surprised. It's weird because the older you get, like, you still view yourself as like. Yeah. that person who can do those things. But these kids don't know that part of you. They only know what they see, you know, right in front of them. And what they see is two guys pushing 40 who don't look very athletic. So yeah, I guess I could see why, you know, they would be so surprised, but yeah, back in the day, your boy could get it in a little bit. You get, get it in a little one bit. One opportunity to run an out and up on somebody. I'm dusting that ass somewhere. <laughs> one time, one route. <laughs> All I'm good for after that. I need a blow. I need the oxygen mask. I need Gatorade. I need pickle juice for the cramps. I need it all. But one route. Get this man an IV. Give me one route. I'm going to I'm gonna capitalize on it. No, it, it was a lot of fun, man. They they were great at one point. I, I don't remember. We, we didn't really talk about this since then. But at one point, um, you know, we said we wanted them till 730. And it got to be like 730. And I was letting, you know, we, just a couple minutes were about done. And they were like, no, no, no. Keep going. We're good. We're good. They were just awesome, man. They were great. They were great to do that with. And. Obviously, some really good stuff came out of it. I, I don't know if me and Chris intended on some of the some of the stuff we did in that interview getting put up in uh, in Columbus, but hey, there you go. That means it was good. That's what I. That's how I see it. And uh, hopefully, some more good stuff to come out of it. I know Chris posted. Uh, let's see, what have you put up so far? JJ talking about Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Andrew Anthony talking about Ronnie Bell. Obviously, JJ talking about Ohio State. We'll have some stuff to come. I think uh, the the three of them talking about Jim Harbaugh. So yeah. there, there's been a there's been a lot of really good stuff, and there will be more. There will be more good stuff. And both JJ, all three. I'm sorry, all three said we'll do it again. This was great. You know, if, whatever. I don't. Chris spoke on this a little bit before how difficult this was to put together. I don't know if it would be something on this this level again, but the fact that we were able to sit down with these three develop that rapport, get a little bit of a communication going, have some some semblance of a relationship. I would expect to have them back on uh, in the future when the season rolls back around, maybe when fall camp's going, whatever. It's not going to be an all-the-time thing because we do respect their time and understand how busy they are. 
But I feel pretty good about that moving forward. I have to imagine you do too, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, my thought is maybe it's a, you know, it's a once a year, this time a year sort of thing. And you watch these three guys sort of develop throughout their career. On this level. (laughs) On this level, correct. Because the the thing is, and, and there's a reason why, you know, Brandon and I talked about this a little bit, but there's a reason why you don't really see anybody else in the market doing that. There's several reasons why. One is because it's just really, really hard to get a hold of these kids to get, you know, to wrangle it. They all have their own schedules. They're in class. They've got people pulling them in different directions. And here you're trying to pull these three guys together, you know, for what, what amounts to be about three hours of their, their afternoon to, to spend with you. And so it's difficult to do, man. But, but again, my, my thought was it was going to be worth the effort. You know, it, it wasn't easy getting there, but hopefully you guys at the end of the day, you know, enjoy the interview. And I think a lot of good stuff came out of it. And like Brandon said, there's more that we're going to put out, you know, it wasn't just about Ohio state or rivalry stuff. We got into mental health and we talked about some other topics and I think it's all going to be good stuff. And really, it just goes, it, it just speaks to how mature these guys are. And I think anytime you can listen to them sort of share their thoughts on any topic, it's, it's a pleasure. Cody, a couple of good questions here from you. Uh, yeah, we've checked the data out. It's been good. It's been solid. It is kind of a slow time of the year. Basketball's not doing very well. Chris and I talked about this today, you know, looking back at what the basketball season did for us last year in terms of where it's at this year, completely different ball game. And it's, you know, it's, it's the end of February, March is coming up. Football is pretty much silent at this point. And so the numbers have been, have been great. They've been just fine. Not as big as our, our big fall months. I mean, it's not even close. The stuff that goes on in the fall when season, when the season's going on is, is, and will be uh, king, but we're really happy with it. And it's already, it's already turned out to be worthwhile. And then I like this question too. And Chris, I'll, I'll let you handle this because a lot of this fell in your lap. Anything you would do differently or something you would change now that it's come out or or the way, you know, building up to it or just anything from start to finish? Well, I mean, in terms of just like organizing it, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that you you learn along the way in, in terms of making it a better product. But as far as like the actual interview goes, there's one question that I didn't ask that um that I really wanted to ask of the three of them was, and I, and I think I'd said this to you after the fact, after we had went and we sat down, maybe we were out at lunch, but you know, at the, at the end of their career at the university of Michigan, by the time it's all said and done, you know, what does success look like in their mind when they look back at their career? What, you know, what are some of the things that needs to happen in order to look back and say, okay, that was a successful career at the university of Michigan. I'm not sure how much you're going to get out of it, but these guys all have pretty big goals and they talk about national championships a lot. And that's obviously something that, that they're going after. And so just to hear, like, you know, draw that picture of success for me, what does it look like? Not to get into the if you were a, if you were an onion, let's let's say we were going to peel away <laughs> the layers. Down, Gene. Settle down, Gene. <laughs> yeah, um, Chris, this is a really good point, and it's something we talked about doing with players last year, where you know you bring them in for thirty minutes on on a Monday or a Wednesday to talk about the game from the previous week, to talk about the upcoming opponent, whatever's going on, and I think Chris and I we realized pretty quickly that having the same people every week is too much. We had Blake Corum maybe three or four times. And by the time we had him on for the fourth time, we're like, dude, I don't even, what do we bring him on for again? I mean, yeah. It's it's, it's cool. Like it's cool to get that time with them, but when you don't, there's no purpose behind it. Like it just, it feels like it's getting repetitive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would venture to say they will come on for sure. Once, twice, maybe whatever, but to do it every single week, it just, it gets to be a little bit repetitive and, 
we don't want that. We don't want a watered down product where they're, they're well, and, and they don't want that. I can, I can promise you they don't want that. So that's something. Yeah. And you're right. They could, they, they don't have to leave their apartment. We, we did that with multiple players throughout the season last year and it worked out. Um, you know, it worked can out. I, can I just say this? I think I said this to you, but the, but the interview list so far for 2022, Desmond Howard, mm. JJ McCarthy, Andrew Anthony, Donovan Edwards. That's not a bad. hell of a start to 2022, I would We're say. We're just two months in. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, I wanted to answer this question. Kilmer from the YouTube page. It's up. That baby's up, man. Go to Wolverine Digest. Ben out. WolverineDigest.com. I believe the story is titled, We Want to Win. I think, isn't that what Yeah, the- we want to win a championship. Yeah. We want to win a championship. It's, it's right there. Yeah. Them. So, yeah, it's up, man. Go check it out. It's about 37 minutes, something like that. So, roughly. Yeah, really good. Maybe maybe 40 with the intro and the outro on there, but it, you know, it came out awesome and we we debated. We really did debate. Uh are we going to drop this whole thing at once? Are we going to cut it up and release it in segments? Are we going to do one, you know, two two three minute chunks at a time? And we just decided after we spent two and a half days editing this thing and cutting it down at the Brighton County Library, by the way. Shout out Brighton. Uh <laughs> we met in the same room and just hammered this thing. Once it was just done, and we saw the thing. We were like, yeah, we, we got to put this out in its entirety. Yeah. We got to put the whole thing out. And that's what we decided to do. So thanks to everybody who watched it. It was really fun to put together. Well, maybe not fun. I don't know if fun is the word. It was definitely fun to conduct and do the interview. And it's been cool to see it, uh, you know, see the finished product. And shout out to, I don't know, real quick, uh, the, our, our sponsor people, if you want to call them that, I don't know. Have you talked about this yet? Have we talked about this yet? I think I don't know that we that talked yet. a little bit. Of, I don't know that we talked about it on the show, but yeah, I mean, the, the the we had a lot of questions about the jerseys, the custom jerseys that we had made. The guy that we worked with, it's a company called Five Hole. They're located in Fenton, Michigan. The guy puts out just amazing work, custom jerseys, football jerseys, hockey jerseys. He turned these things around for me in about a week's time, and it's a fully customized jersey. So working with him was a pleasure. He's got a little shop out there in Fenton, but like I said, you Google Five Hole. We put some information in the article about about his business. It's just really good stuff. And then in terms of like the photography, Nicole Genro, Haley, I'm sorry, Haley Newman, Newman, I think is her last name. Um, from details and daydreams or daydreams and details. Shit. I can never remember it. I don't have it in front of me. I believe it's details and daydreams, uh, photography out of new Lothrop, just phenomenal. She showed up, you know, she, she was kind of a, a last minute throw in and she ended up really making this whole shoot. Um, she made it really easy on me and she shot some, you know, some, some great photography. So it was great to work with her. Um, and then, and then the Lincoln athletic building, that was kind of a happy accident. The way that we ended up getting in there details and daydreams photography. Thank you to my wife there, but the Lincoln athletic building, you know, it was, it was a happy accident that we were able to get into there and man, what an impressive facility that is. They run a lot of football camps out of there and, and you can tell that that building is Brand spanking new, about a year old. So uh, phenomenal facility there. Katie Moffat, the assistant athletic director, helped us out, helped us get us in there. And, you know, again, it takes a village to make something like this work, man. It takes a lot of people to sort of, you know, put their iron in the fire to, to, to bring something like this to you guys. So, you know, hopefully you enjoyed it. And a big thanks for, for their help. Who was the sound? The sound folks really. That was Mercury. Up. Yeah. Mercury sound uh mercury sound uh they didn't go on as a sponsor but i will say clutch uh, they'll shoot them out, a- abs- them out absolutely yeah. clutch the dude that showed up 
I told him at the end of it, it was like, I didn't even know you were here. And that's exactly Bro. what I want. He showed up, hooked up our mics, was out of the way, captured phenomenal, phenomenal audio. And you're right. Yeah. Darren May, the gray turf was cool. It was a phenomenal background for the shoot. So everything sort of came together. It was yeah. chaotic leading up to it, but everything came together, man. And it was, it was really cool, you know, to see the end result. And I know it might seem like we're kind of hammering away at this thing, but that was weeks and months and hours and literal blood, sweat, and tears in the making to bring that to you guys. So, and again, I mean, look, this is the first time we've talked about it since it dropped. So, yeah. we, we we knew we wanted to spend some time on it, and then we'll we'll put a bow on it, and that'll be it. Um, so yeah, it was really cool to do. Uh, so far, the reception has been awesome. I know the players liked it. The player, the parents of the players liked it. The folks in Columbus loved it. Um, so there you go, man. It, it did. It did what it was supposed to. You know what? Maybe we should drop that. My So my wife's obviously hanging out in the comments here, sipping some wine. So everybody be careful out there. Don't test her. Uh, but, but there, you know, so there was a, I'll put it this way. I'm not going to go into the detail detail about what it was, but long story short, I was trying to line up a car service for these guys. I didn't want them to have to, you know, figure out how to get here. I just wanted them to be able to get into a car, get out to the facility, do their thing, and then get back and not have to overthink it. Uh, suffice to say it was a very, very nice car. I was going to have come pick them up. It, it didn't end up happening that way. By the time JJ ended up driving the two guys there. And I said something to JJ about, you know, I want you to know that I had these cars lined up for you. And JJ sort of put his hand on my shoulder and he's like, we'll ride in those cars when we've earned it. And I just thought, I mean, that's a, you know, again, that's a leader. That's a college kid. That's, you know, that's the future quarterback of, of your program basically saying like, now nah, we're not going to do that till we've earned it. And it was those little things like that, that just, you know, he's an impressive kid, man. You, you can't help but walk away impressed. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed with the whole thing, the way it came together, the way it turned out, the three, uh, the three dudes that, that made it possible, that gave us great stuff. That was really, that was probably maybe my biggest takeaway. Whenever you've got in, like, the interview is only going to be as good as the as what their answers are. I mean, Chris, dude, you and I have been to a million press conferences where they they just blow. Like you, you don't get anything good out of them. It's a waste of time. You have to scrape together quotes and lines just to. Have make you it. seen Have you seen a press conference with Jim Harbaugh when he That's doesn't really want to answer a question? Yeah, when he doesn't want to be there. I mean, like <laughs> after they lost to Michigan State, he literally spoke like a hundred and ten words or something. I mean, it was nothing. So again. They they were the stars of the show. Tons of work. Kudos to Chris for bringing it all together. But those those three dudes really uh really really made it what it was. And then you know it was just it was just putting it together and getting it out there. So again, if you haven't seen it over at WolverineDigest.com, it's maybe like the fifth or sixth story down the list now because it's been out for a little while. But um, it was awesome. It was awesome. And so like I said. I'm sure this is the last time we will reference it. I'm sure we will come back to it many, many times. And I'm thinking maybe in late November it might be relevant again. So we'll uh, we'll wait on that a little bit. All right, Chris, let's shift over to basketball a little bit, I guess. People in the comments are probably going to be like, all right, uh, see you later. Good talk. Glad to be here. Do we have to? Michigan just fell to Illinois. It was close. Well, it wasn't close. Then it was close. And then it ended up being an eight-point loss. Now Michigan's got three games left against Michigan State tomorrow against Iowa and then at Ohio State to close out the season. And so, man, dude, I just – I don't know. I really felt like losing to uh, losing to Illinois kind of just – it just that just kind of felt like the nail in the coffin. It's not. It's not. But it but it felt like it to me. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Chris, is that, is that, too, is that too harsh? 
is it too harsh that I felt like that loss kind of encapsulated the season and that that was kind of it? No, because I think this it's this is what you've come to expect from Michigan this year. Now, and we talked about it on the phone, you know, prior to the show that when Michigan is good, when they're on their game, they're a really tough team to beat and they're a really good team. But when they're bad, they are like very, very bad. Like not like don't even belong on the same court type bad. And so I just, when you, when you have a program and a team that's operating in those two extremes, show me again, they might not be out mathematically, but for all intents and purposes, they're out. I mean, they're, they're not going to, even if they do squeak into the tournament, this, this is not a program that's going to make a deep run. They, they just aren't. So no, I don't think it's, I don't think that you're, you're blowing it out of proportion or overboard. It seems like a team that's done. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say they do squeak into the tournament because it's still realistic. It's still possible. I see Hassler 24 seven saying you got to win two or three. Yeah. I and mean, maybe if they win two of the next three, they do get in. Maybe if you win, two games, two out of the next three, and then a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, you do limp in. I don't know, what's that make them? A nine seed, a 10 seed, somewhere in there. And they don't make it out of the first weekend of the tournament. What what do you look at this season as? After the run they had last year, Big Ten champs, Juwan, you know, really figuring a lot of stuff out, making a deep run without Isaiah Livers. And now this year, it looks like it looks. What, is, what does that mean to you in Juwan Howard's third season? Again, with that uh, not so good look at the end of the year for him too, like what would you call this, this third season? Well, I would say without that, without that bad look, it's it's just a bad season. If he can rebound next year, then I think it just it's one bad season, it's one blip on the radar, and you continue on. But then when you add in, you know, the incident that happened in Madison on top of it, I think it's just going to be critical that this program responds next year and looks good. If it looks like the same types of things where, you know, emotions are out of control and they look out of sync and there's no real true, you know, floor general or, or any sense of like, here's going to be the guy we're going to go to when we need buckets. I just think if they still look like that next year, then it's, it's really going to speak to a problem, but I'm not, I'm not ready to panic on Juwan Howard quite yet. I know a lot of people are starting to like, you know, raise their eyebrows about, well, how much of that is really John Beeline and how good is Juwan Howard? I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, I do hear it. CJ, I'm going to dip out. I'll be right back in. Oh, an echo. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that's too much. I mean, when Juwan Howard was hired, I, I was pretty outspoken about having some question marks. You know, he'd never been a head coach before, wondering what that's going to look like. You know, if you believe Phil Martelli, Juwan Howard's an offensive genius, and he calls plays that, you know, would rival any coach that Phil Martelli's ever been around. That's great. Some things have been a little off this year. I mean, the, the team dynamic, the team chemistry, the makeup of the rotations hasn't been very good. I mean, there's there's been too many defensive lapses and too many games where they shot the ball poorly. And to me, those are kind of things that don't really fix themselves throughout the course of the year. So I wonder what it's going to continue to look like. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say like, you know, if you're starting to think that, you know, like Jawan's getting near the hot seat, that's 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 too much. I mean, he's coming off a Big Ten title. Well, deep run in the tournament. But I, I guess if you factor in the totality of everything he it might be safe to say after a season like this, given what happened in yeah. Madison is, is, you know, uh, what is it safe to say he's, he will enter next season on the hot seat, not just in terms of like what wins and losses look like, but the way he conducts himself, right? Like well, he, he cannot, you know, that's going to be part of the package. I think, I think that's I just what people are going to look at. 
I don't think there's any question. He's on a he's on a zero strikes policy at this point when it comes to his conduct and his behavior and acting like that on the sidelines. You you can't clock a coach in the head and then like do something close to that again. You can't. I mean, there were some people talking about firing him this time around. I, I again, I I was pretty against that from the beginning. Thought that would have been a little much, but also wouldn't have been shocked by it, dude. You can't hit coaches out on the court. You just can't do Come it. Come on, but. Cody, it's funny that you bring that up because I thought the exact same thing. Ward Manuel's not firing Juwan Howard. You can't exist. They just never catch fire. Oh, they don't. I mean, like, it can be as hot as you want, but if there's if there's never like a maximum temperature, what does it really matter? I was just gonna say, I feel like the seat at Michigan is is the head coaching seat is always just hot all the time. From like, day one, from the second you sit in it, it's hot and it's hot till the day you leave. I mean, like Jim Harbaugh went two and four and wanted to leave and couldn't. Ah, come on back. Then he has a kick-ass season. He tries to leave. Ah, come on back. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a hot seat, especially with Jim Harbaugh. And I can't really envision a situation where Juwan Howard is on a legitimate hot seat either. Ward Manuel is not getting rid of these guys. I just don't, I just like, maybe it's in his contract. Like, do everything but, like, you're not allowed to get rid of anybody. I don't, I like, I don't know. Seems a little weird, but I had that same thought. I just... Chris, can you honestly picture a situation where Ward Manuel fires Juwan Howard? No. Are you kidding me? No. Never. He's never going to do it. No, and I can't picture a situation where he fires Jim Harbaugh either. I mean, that's where I'm at with this. And I think, you know, there's there's definitely some validity to what Cody said there. Yeah. So that's an interesting take. Um, but it's, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what Juwan looks like when he comes back for the Big Ten tournament. I mean, maybe he's, you know, as as fired up and ready to go as he's ever been, and they win a couple games. Dude, who knows? They win the whole thing. Like, they beat the piss out of Purdue. That's probably the best team in the Big Ten. So, who's to say they couldn't get a little hot and win the Big Ten tournament? I wouldn't – it's not likely, but, like, they've got the talent to do it. They just have to have a string of three games where they haven't played like that this year. That's all. I mean, that, that's what it would take. You take – Take Michigan's three best performances of the season and do that three times in a row, and you've got something. But they haven't been able to do that all year. It's been up and down and up and down. And, like, that's how a team can beat Purdue by 24 and then lose to UCF by 15. It just it just shouldn't happen, but that's that's been the season this year in a nutshell. And we'll see, you know, we'll see what it looks like against Michigan State tomorrow. Michigan got drilled by them in East Lansing. They get them at home tomorrow. Uh, and Michigan State's coming off a big win over Purdue as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens down the stretch over these next three games into the Big Ten tournament with Juwan Howard back on the sidelines and what it all, you know, what it all looks like for the, you know, for the overall record and things like that. I had it pulled up and then I was looking at these. Uh... So Michigan is currently sitting at 18 and I'm um, sorry, 15 and 12. They could finish with 18 wins if they win out. And then you win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament. I, like to me, in my head, twenty wins has always been kind of like the mark that you have to get to to get into the tournament. Now, that's not a hard, fast rule. And if Michigan gets a couple wins down the stretch here, they're going to be good wins, quad one type wins. So we'll see. But I'm with you. It probably doesn't matter. They get into the tournament. They they don't look like a team that can go very far. But I want to flip it around the other way, Chris. If they don't make the tournament, how big of a deal is that? to where you have a team that's made multiple sweet 16s in a row. I think four in a row. Only Michigan and Gonzaga has done that. I saw that tweet fly across the, the radar today. And now suddenly they they don't even make the tournament this year. What does that mean for Juwan Howard and Michigan hoops moving forward? 
it's obviously not it's not a good look when you don't make the tournament but i don't think it's i don't think it's as bad as it could be because it's been such a slow burn all year people kind of know what this basketball team is and you know whether they do or they don't nobody's going to be i think surprised either way so I, yeah you want you obviously want your program to make the tournament but if they don't make the tournament this year it is what it, it is what it is you rebound and you come in next season and you've got you've got to flip it around and so again one bad year can happen. It's been known to happen. You're allowed to have an off year. But if we start to see some of these issues show up next season, that's when I'll be concerned because it, it there's clearly some growth that needs to take place inside of this program. And you would hope when they take the court next year that you can see the result of that. And if you don't, then I think that speaks more to Juwan Howard. But I'm, you know, I don't think this season just a bad season. Yeah, that will be interesting to look at. Chris Hamill, yes, this was the number one recruiting class in the country. And Kilmer, I don't know. Has there ever been a team with a top five recruiting class come in, not make the tournament? Well, Memphis is going to do that this year. Um, so we'll see how that ends up playing out. But that that's, you know, in the in the in the era of college basketball where a number one recruiting class typically possesses at least a couple one and done guys. So you've got NBA talent on your roster to not make the tournament. It, yeah, that's not the best look in the world. I'm sure it's happened before, but it's still not a good look. But, like, you look at the recruiting class, Will Chatter and Isaiah Barnes don't even play. So there's two parts of the recruiting class that aren't even on the floor. Kobe Bufkin and uh, Frankie Collins barely play. They're, they're spot minutes at best. I mean, they've their usage has gone up a little bit here recently with some of the suspensions and, you know, Whatever. Devontae Jones still manages to pick up too many fouls for a veteran point guard, but Frankie has been there a little bit, and, and Kobe also has has got some run. And then you've got Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate, who, like, Houston was the top five recruit in the country. That's a one-and-done kid. He doesn't look anywhere near ready for the NBA. And Musa's always been kind of a athletic freak. He's 6'11", run the floor, play above the rim, and see what he can turn into, and maybe he's a one-and-done as well. He's also not ready. Yeah. Uh, but the NBA does, you know, they do draft on potential a little bit. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the the thing is, is that it was a big recruiting class. It's six guys. And so if all six of them come back, you, you might have to work with the numbers a little bit because there's, I think, four, right, committed in the next year's class, um, maybe five. So we'll see, man. Juwan Howard's got some things to figure out. It starts with Phil Martelli tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow evening in Ann Arbor against East, uh, against Michigan State, and then you've got Iowa and you've got Ohio State. Try to win two of those three, get a one or two in the Big Ten tournament, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, this doesn't look like a deep run team, but who knows, man? Things get weird in March. They do. They certainly do. They tend to get weird in March a little bit, so we'll see what happens. Chris, any other pressing issues? Because just for those of you out there listening, Chris and I are going to have a little meeting of the minds after this. So we're going to cut the pod a little bit short. I mean, we're, we're coming up on 45 minutes, so it's not that short, but unless there's anything else, super, super pressing, I'm going to hit that hip hop button and we're going to get out of here. What do you think? Let's hop off, man. Let's call it. I think that's a good place to call it, man. It's, you know, we, we, we talked about the interview, which was obviously a big, you know, a big thing for us and a, a hot topic with JJ's comments today. And it seems like a good place to, to finish it, put a button on it. I feel good. Chris Breiler. Oh, I think so. I think you're a dog, dude. I think you're a dog with this interview. I wanted to give you your flowers, man. Appreciate you. I wanted to give you your flowers on this. Appreciate you. Um, 
yeah, so there you go. We will try to be uh, – yeah, we will abs- – well, Zach, here's the deal. Well, this is a good question to close out with. Spring game is going to be April 2nd. It's going to be on TV. That sounds like it's going to be a little bit more of a game-like vibe, and we'll see what uh, – We'll see what the boss man wants to let happen this year. Obviously, COVID ruined some things in 2020. Last year, what was it? Weather? Did they shut it down because of weather? Just what shut it down. Just they shut it down. To do it behind closed doors, whatever. Like it's John Taffert, they came in and they shut it down. It's never really been like a media thing. Like we've had to just sit up in the stands with the rest of you peasants in the past. Like so, we'll we'll see. I don't know. I would love to be able to go and cover it. Maybe get down on the field, get some photos, cover it like a real game. I kind of want to play in it. Well, <laughs> you're not an athlete. Wow. No, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. April 2nd, we'll roll around and we'll do what we can. I mean, we, we will be there and we will cover it however we can. But uh, we'll just we'll wait and see what they decide. It's not that far away. month away, man. It's coming. Two days. There you have it. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Go check out all of our stuff out at WolverineDigest.com. That interview is up. Snippets from the interview. Some opinions of on the interview. And if you see a Buckeye fan, I don't know, kick him in the shins and tell him JJ has a message for you. See ya. <laughs>